This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And in this episode, I want to share something that came to me, or (laughs) that sounds weird, but came up in my, kind of on my radar in a strange way. And if you've listened to many episodes of this, you may have heard me talk about the two dogs, Russell and Mac, that Annalise and I have. Um, They're a little 10-pound and 20-pound non-shedding hypoallergenic dogs Um, and they're a lot of fun when they're fun and this story came about because it wasn't so fun. (laughs) Um, Russell the smaller one the little 10 pound guy he the dog that lives next door to us Russell hates this dog and there's a fence so we're able to just kind of let the dogs out in our backyard and they do their thing and they run around and da da da. But unfortunately, if the dog next door is out, which is a husky, if you know dogs, it's I bet you this dog is probably like 40 pounds or something like that. And Russell, it is just his mortal enemy. So every time we let Russell outside, he's scouring along this fence and he's trying to see is Max, my sworn enemy, is he out in the backyard? And then if he is, Russell will jump up against the fence, just go into a rage, and the fence is older and it's pretty rough and it needs to be replaced. And so there are some openings and some holes in it, and Max next door, he digs under the fence too. And so there are some openings where they're able to get their snouts through And they try to fight and bite and, you know, just attack each other through this fence. And you can imagine taking the dogs out, I don't know, five times a day or whatever, living with that as a, (laughs) it feels like a likely outcome. It's probably a potential outcome, but it happens uh, at least once a day, usually multiple times a day. And so we've had to start even though we have a fenced-in yard, putting the dogs on harnesses and leashes and trying to keep them from just raging. Now, Russell, the smaller dog of ours, has taught Mac, the other one, that he's supposed to go into attack mode too. So, you know, whatever. You can imagine this is just a brutal, (laughs) rough... I know saying brutal is not that... It's not that bad. Uh, It is frustrating, and it is annoying, and it is draining. And so Annalise and I decided that we were going to reach out and look into getting these dogs trained and trying to take the edge off of that. They're also really vigilant out the front window. There's a lot of barking, so we're like, ah, okay, it's worth looking into. And so due to uh, the pandemic right now, the dog trainer that we were referred to and that we reached out to. He's not seeing people in person. He's doing Zoom sessions right now. And I thought, eh, you know, we'll see. Like, I feel like I could just watch a YouTube video instead, but all right, let's give it a shot. And so we had our first session with him um, a couple weeks ago. 
we described some of that behavior and and I said, I don't know why he's just so angry. I don't know why he's just goes into attack mode when he sees this other dog or even senses and smells this other dog on the other side of the fence. And he said, well, actually, that's not anger. That's not um, rage that you're seeing. He said, what it is, is it's fear. He said, you know, think about it for a second. A dog, especially a smaller dog, would be really unlikely to raise awareness or attention that he's there by going into this crazy, frenzied, loud, barking, da-da-da, trying to fight through this fence. You know, they wouldn't do that unless they thought it was their only option, unless he was basically felt like he was potentially in a fight for his life in that moment. And obviously, as the dog's owners, that made Annalise and I feel uh, sad and in a weird way guilty, even though we had no idea. You know, but it's like, man, I, I don't like that I'm putting him into what he thinks is a life or death situation, like multiple times a day, taking him outside. And so we're going to work with the trainer and we're going to figure that out. But what that actually made me do, and again, this is, I think I've mentioned this before, when I make connections between things that happen in my life like that and then spiritual uh, takeaways from it is I think the reason I connect those things in my head pretty quickly is because of my role speaking and communicating and writing about how God's truth connects in with our lives. But because I kind of have that on my radar, I started thinking through, okay, that's a, that's a really unexpected way that fear shows up in a dog's life, in a dog's world. I wonder what are some unexpected ways that fear shows up in my life, in our lives. And so I started thinking through, okay, what are some of the negative behaviors, some of the things that we see that we probably wouldn't initially connect to fear, but that are at least tinged by that idea of fear? I thought of selfishness. It's really easy to see how that's tinged by being afraid that we won't be taken care of unless we make sure we're taken care of. I thought of marital conflict, fear that our spouse won't do what we want them to do or won't give us what we want them to give us or won't say what we want them to say. Or financial anxiety. We're afraid there won't be enough to cover everything. Parenting anxiety. I imagine a lot of parents live with this just constant fear that their kids aren't getting what they need. And then I thought of, this one is kind of strange, but I think that a lot of the motivation for some people, not for everyone, for eating healthier or exercising is kind of the fear that it'll catch up to us eventually if we don't do that stuff. And then there's uh, kind of the catch-all thing 
Uh, some of you or most of you probably have heard of this FOMO, fear of missing out. And that's kind of just a general fear that something good is going to be happening and it's going to happen without me. Something is going to be said or going to, you know, whatever it is, if I'm not there, if I'm not part of it, I'm going to miss out on something really significant. And then I thought, okay, what are, what are some things that I'm not immediately thinking of? And so I just Googled negative character traits. And I want to read through, what is it, probably six or seven of those that jumped out at me immediately that I thought, oh, yeah, those are all touched by fear. Anger, jealousy, being controlling, defensiveness, dishonesty, being gossipy, being touchy. And I just started thinking through, and again, I know it's a weird connection probably to make of, wow, my dog's fear is showing up in some unexpected ways. What are some unexpected ways fear shows up in my life and in your life? But I started thinking through this stuff, and I realized that what fear often, maybe always is, is um, missing out on trusting. And so, you know, this is where obviously the, <laughs> the analogy to my dog and to us falls apart, and I hope you're, you've left that behind. But when I think about how quick and how easy and how naturally uh, we allow fear to, I don't even want to say run the show, but to influence the way that we handle things in the moment, to touch the way that we interact with other people, or the way that we spend our time thinking or the way that we, you know, all these different things that it really does touch. And in a lot of ways, I think it would be fair to say poisons so many of our interactions with other people, with ourselves, and with God. And so I started thinking about a couple verses from the book of Proverbs that are probably familiar to many of you. This was one of the uh, two-verse sections that growing up we would memorize, and I think I recorded an episode about the songs that my parents made up to try to teach us verses, and this was one of the songs. I won't be singing the song, but this, you know, when I hear these verses, the song does play in my head automatically from learning it, who knows, like 25 years ago probably. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him or acknowledge him as maybe the way you've heard it before, and he will make your paths straight. And... I really like the idea of trust as the antidote for fear. 
trust as the antidote for the way that maybe when we don't even realize we're reacting out of fear. But we can see some of that unconscious, some of that subconscious fear showing up in our lives and in our relationships. Now, I do, and if you've been listening uh, to more than a few episodes of this, I'm sure you've heard me talk about this. But what we so quickly do is we say, okay, trusting in God means, God, I trust that you're going to protect me from anything bad ever happening to me. And that's often what we do and kind of where we stop thinking about what trust is. But if we read through scripture and if we see story after story after story playing out, if we look at the life of Jesus, who was God with us, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, um, his life wasn't worry-free. It wasn't conflict-free. It wasn't pain-free. And if you've heard me talk about my own uh, health journey and, you know, I've been living with this undiagnosed and (laughs) I'm pretty close to calling it undiagnosable, um, just spaciness, lightheaded, brain fog, fatigue, uh, feel like I slept one hour last night no matter what. I've been living with that for... um, almost 10 years now. And so I, I don't want anybody to hear trust as the antidote for fear and think, okay, then I just need to trust that God is going to do this, 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 this. Because my, my guess or... Um, my input based on everything that we see through scripture, based on what I've seen play out in my life, you've seen play out in your life, and we've watched play out in lots of the people that we care about who deeply care about and love and follow after God. What we've seen play out over and over and over is not that God just creates this perfect bubble where anyone who trusts in him never goes through anything tough. Anyone who trusts in him never deals with uh, broken relationships with people that they care about. People who trust in him never deal with um, health stuff. People who trust in him never deal. We don't see that. And so I want to add that Um, not caution, not disclaimer, but fuller understanding maybe than what we tend to think of when we think of trust. Because it can be really easy to try to say, you know, to try to almost like just, I'm struggling to come up with the way to say it without saying this, Um, but I think this is what I'm going to, have to use to describe this, um, we can really think of the kind of name it and claim it idea of like, 
okay, I trust that God is not going to let me go through and you say whatever I could say. I trust that God's going to cure whatever my undiagnosed, undiagnosable health thing is right now. Um, But instead, what I've found along the journey is that trusting in God in the midst of the stuff, in the midst of the hard thing, has brought me a whole lot closer to him than if he would have just at the snap of my fingers, which I want you to hear that, that's what that is. It's saying, God, I'm, I'm basically giving you the command because I'm saying I trust you, so you got to do this right here, right now. And instead of that, what I've found is all along the journey, all along the difficult, you know, and this is part of the reason I call the podcast In Progress, that all along the way of dealing with something, of being in the middle of the growth journey and the difficult um, pathway of living with stuff, right? Your thing is probably not my thing, but we're all dealing with a thing. And trusting God in the midst of that doesn't mean, okay, God, here's how you need to show up. Thank you. It means we can trust in him in the face of, in the midst of, on the journey through. And I want to encourage you, if you're seeing a lack of trust play out in some some spots in your life where fear is showing up in some unexpected ways, where you didn't realize that, you know, maybe some of the lists of these things that I read, selfishness, marital conflict, financial anxiety, parenting anxiety, uh, FOMO, anger, jealousy, being controlling, defensive, dishonesty, being gossipy, being touchy. And the list goes on and on and on. But I want to encourage all of us to take a look at where is fear? Where is a lack of trust uh, running the show more than I realize? Where is it poisoning more of my behavior and my interactions than I realize? And where can I start trusting God? Again, God's going to show up and he's, he's probably not going to work in the way you want him to work. But instead of being on the lookout for, okay, God's going to do this right now, be on the lookout for how he shows up even if it's in unexpected ways. Because as Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, we can trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight.